just our opinion, a podcast where two complete doofuses sit down and talk about all things pop culture. Um, this doofus is Joanna, and we have a different doofus with us today. It's me! <laughs> Producer Jonathan, Jonathan. Is, Jonathan is joining us today on the pod. Uh, JJ has uh, requested to not be on today. By requested, I mean I called him and said, hey, do you want to record a podcast? He's like, I've done nothing. And I said, that's fair. Uh, JJ is still entertaining um, family house guests. So we're going to let him be a family man and uh, we'll be a couple of degenerates who don't uh, <laughs> who don't have family in their homes. And we'll uh, talk about uh, things that are coming up and what's going on and things that have happened and all the things. Yeah, we'll get we'll get through these trying times. <laughs> I believe in us. The the trying times between when what if ended and when Hawkeye starts. Man, it's been rough. It's been so rough. <laughs> <laughs> I got really excited because I was like, there's a movie in between there. And you go, a movie only lasts one day, Joanna. <laughs> true. You still have to fill the uh, the rest of the times. Although I feel like since the premiere of this movie and us seeing the movie on opening night, I have been hear I had been hearing lots and lots and lots and lots of crazy things about the movie. So it kind of if you were just looking at you know the news or Twitter while waiting for the movie, it was kind of like watching a new Marvel show, uh, where everybody turns out is either racist or just doesn't understand. Uh, like the importance of people. I mean, I guess that's right. if you don't understand the importance of people of color in media, I guess that's a little racist, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Trying to defend like people who are just ignorant, but <laughs> that's not an excuse. No. Um, and what I think is really funny um, is that this is probably the most divisive Marvel movie to come out ever. And I yeah, think it's, it's really entertaining. It's odd that it's this one that is is like that. Um, and what was it that I saw? Um, oh, I have a friend. Uh, his name is uh, John Marcotte. He runs a uh, nonprofit organization that's really big on social media called Heroic Girls. He wrote a lovely article about having gone to go see Eternals. And the point of his article, though, was that he's like, yeah, I walked into the theater and it was like, there was a lot of people there. And there was like some uh, a bunch of like teenagers and they were all like dressed up real nice. And uh, he was like, wow, was there like a homecoming or a prom that I missed? Um, do those things happen in November? I'm confused. And then he realized that those group of people, the group of teenagers that were there to see this movie were all deaf. And they were going to see the movie because there's a deaf actress who has a prominent role in the movie. And they wanted to be able to go see a movie where they could look up to a character who was like them. And, like, the point of his movie was, the, the whole point of his little review that he did was, if you want to sit down and shit on this movie because you don't like it or whatever, that's fine. But it wasn't meant for you. It was meant for them and for the people who yeah. can pull something out of it. And I'm like, God damn, John Marcotte, you're so good. You are so, well, you are so smart. 
I feel I feel like your friend there is uh, stealing a line from Brie Larson uh, at whatever award show she gave that infamous sort of speech at. Um, I mean, he probably is. She was accepting. He probably is also quoting her as well. I mean, his whole point is that is to empower young girls to be more than what they are expected to be and looks up to people like Brie Larson. Um, but I guess to frame this a little bit, uh, Eternals premiered and uh, critic reviews were uh, sort of framing it really lowly. Like, so it's. It's like it's that, is, that it was a bad movie. They they rated it lower than Thor: The Dark World, right? It was. It's the lowest rated Marvel movie out of all of them, and as of right now, it's sitting at like I think like below of fifty percent. So it's now not a fresh rating. It's at a rotten rating, and it's the only Marvel movie to drop below fifty percent. Yeah. And it, it really, a lot of people are calling back to the time Brie Larson. She was uh, referencing A Wrinkle in Time, which again was a story uh, that was written a long time ago. And a lot of the, the adaptation uh, had a lot of prominent like people of color and women in it. And I don't, like, I, I never read the book The Wrinkle in Time, so I don't know if people are just angry that they changed like certain things about whatever mystical thing. But like her point was that the people who review movies are like old white dudes who are watching that and it's not for them right so they they might not have enjoyed it as much but it's not for them it's for again the people the the young people who are seeing themselves on screen represented for the first time uh maybe ever and this is a thing that it's it's been happening more recently um and i think it's i and i think it's important i remember seeing also a similar thing with uh cuz it's not just uh you know those those movies of Brie Larson. If you're gonna make the argument, oh, it's just Brie Larson's being a da da da. Someone was talking about Rogue One, where the main character is uh, I think it was is he Mexican American or just Mexican heritage? And they like they went to their uh, uh, relative and asked mm-hmm. them like if that like like what that meant to them, and they're like that's it was incredible to see. It's incredible to see like themselves represented as the main character of a movie that he and he, he they didn't like disguise their accent they uh, they acted and talked like that person would yeah and it's the same thing for the deaf representation it's the same thing for uh, I saw for this movie in particular I saw a thing it was a TikTok because uh, I I, uh, I I look at TikToks. Uh, it's my, somebody has my, to. My, my char- yeah, somebody has. To. It's my character flaws that I will, I will scroll through TikToks, uh, and somebody said that, like, because a lot of people um, were talking about Kumail Nanjiani, and uh-huh. he got super ripped for the role when he didn't yeah. need to, and like nobody asked him to, uh, but he, I think, is the first. Uh, is it Southeast Asian in? What? Yeah, I, I think Southeast Asian just like superhero. Yeah. Uh, in, on on the in on a Western stage, like in from Hollywood, and f- like he, one of the reasons he did that, I don't know if he said this, or they're just like uh, putting this on. Or it, intentional or unintentional effect is that kids now see themselves like their superhero is not just like the comic relief, uh, which it typically portrayed in media. That culture 
is portrayed as like a comic relief uh, type of character because the, his uh, his valet in the movie also a comic relief character. Yeah. No, and I think it's important to have the representation and all of that fun stuff. But I mean, we're gonna judge like really go. Yeah, deep we'll into talk about the later. movie a lot more. But it's just the 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 film is not bad. It's the fourth highest opening box office film this year. Yeah, like, so, um, Rotten Tomatoes and critics can go shove it because clearly it's doing something right because all of these people went to go see it. And, um, is it a little, like, too on the nose to say that the, uh, Marvel movie that was directed by a, uh, and a woman of Asian descent, also woman, is the one that everybody is, like, ragging on? Or whatever, or saying that, you know, well, we expected more from you, Chloe Zhao. What more were you expecting from her? She made a beautiful movie. It made sense. It was the most ambitious Marvel movie, standalone Marvel movie, out of all of them. And because people are like, well, oh, no, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, James Gunn did that just fine. And I was like, yeah, he had, like, what, like, four characters he had to introduce and have them all be like likable and enjoyable. Two of them were just in a voice acting stage. Yeah. And then you have uh, Eternals, which has eight. There's eight of them. <laughs> and we have to. And one of them's deaf. To... <laughs> and one of them can't hear audio cues. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have to get to know eight main characters plus all of their side characters and understand what's happening on a grand, grander scale. Like, and it was easy to follow along with. So like, I don't know. People can go kick rocks. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. Cause it's not the worst Marvel movie by a wide margin. In my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely not. It's like, yeah. I mean, again, like you can point out, Thor: The Dark World was not great. Iron Man, one of the was Iron Man two, Iron Man three. I confuse the Iron Mans. I think really, Iron Man all three of... is the one that people didn't like. Iron Man three, and was... I say people because I, I I liked Iron Man three. I was gonna say I want to say I didn't mind Iron Man three. I think Iron Man two was a little weird. I don't know. I, I fused the two of them together because really there didn't need to be three individual Iron Man movies. But whatever. I disagree. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's the debate for another day. But there are, there, are, <laughs> there are movies that were not great that we are still like, those are movies that are out there um, that were got really good critic scores. So whatever. Um, let's see what else do we got. Hey, Big Bird got his vaccine. Isn't I'm that so, exciting? I'm so proud of him. How old is Big Bird canonically? Are you, is, he's are six you, years are you old. One of the, he's he's six, six years old. So this is, this is, uh, the FDA did approve the vaccine for children, right? Yes. So Big Bird, Big Bird can finally get the vaccine. Yeah, so Big Bird, Big Bird got his vaccine, and um, what a nice thing to inspire kids everywhere, make them feel safe, and like what a what a nice wholesome thing. I bet some people are mad about it. 
<laughs> I mean, you mean like uh, Ted Cruz? Because Ted Cruz. Oh, Texas Senator Ted Cruz. <laughs> Ra- yeah. Rafael Theodore Cruz. Uh, he, he's he got a problem with Big Bird? With Big Bird getting the vaccine because apparently it's propaganda. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is it's literally not. The extra funny thing, did you see a Big Bird's clapback on Twitter? Oh, is there a Big Bird clapback? I should I should have verified that this is real because it might have been somebody might have edited a screenshot. Let me let me hop over to to Big Bird's Twitter real quick. Um, uh, hey, I just want to point out here um, we fact checked here on the pod um, when Jonathan's here to fact check us. Sometimes we say things and Jonathan goes, that's not right. But, you know, we don't pull it off as fact. We we clearly state when we're wrong or if we think we might be wrong. Um, Doesn't, I, it might not have been real, but it was really funny. It was a someone uh, screenshot, like uh, edited a tweet to say, like in reply to Ted Cruz saying like this is propaganda. Uh, like the it looked like the Big Bird account was saying Ted Cruz couldn't tell you how to get to Sesame Street, but he can tell you how to get to Cancun. Ah! <laughs> oh, that's really good. And I wish it was real, but, uh, you know, that's the propaganda is the Big Bird. They're not unleashing Big Bird. <laughs> well, Big it's also, it's, it's really funny that this six. is a, it, it was like, it was a tweet that went viral uh, from Big Bird. Cause I think Big Bird had my favorite, uh, Twitter pun of like all time on like a, to- a late night talk show. I don't remember who it might have been like Seth Meyers or somebody or Stephen Cole. I don't know who asked him. Uh, or he's he was he said something about like a tweet and I was like, oh, are you on Twitter? And he's like, no, I'm a bird. Tweeting is what we do. <laughs> uh, I love Big Bird. Big Bird's great. Oh yeah, but Big Bird got the vaccine. Um, it's been approved. And you know what? Big Bird has been getting vaccines for a long time and has been encouraging children to get their vaccines for, like, since the 70s. So this isn't new. In, like, it's not a new thing that started that people are, like... The only thing like, that's new about it is that it's a huge mainstream conservative talking point to say don't get vaccinated. Well, and I think that it's also Big Bird... Well, because, I mean, Big Bird did it, like, on sesame street like like in a pbs commercial to be like don't forget to get your vaccines because it's important to stay healthy in like the 70s and nobody cared because nobody was watching it except for you know five-year-olds and five-year-olds were like mommy take me to go get my vaccines oh yeah you need that for school take me to get my shots (laughs) big bird said so um big bird threw it on twitter where everybody can see it and now people are freaking out Losing their minds. It's it's nice to see conservatives get dunked on. (laughs) You know, sometimes you got to take a break uh, from, like, the the terrible things that are happening around you. And just watch Ted Cruz get completely owned. Uh, And the funniest, my favorite joke about conservatives getting owned is that, like, they hate socialism, right? Uh Yet they get publicly owned all the time. I hate you. you. You'd think you'd think they'd stop saying dumb shit out loud if they hate socialism so much. Uh, uh, 
Well, but But it's yeah. good. They'll never be happy. <laughs> but my favorite bird in yours is now uh, feeling fine. Got the vax. Doing well. Staying healthy. Keeping grandma alive. And I'm here for that. You go, Big Bird. Yeah. S- snaps for Big Bird. Snaps for Big Bird. And You know where uh, there aren't any snaps. Uh, we'll talk about that. Oh, later. no. Is that the transition <laughs> you're going with for this? <laughs> no, 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 no. Maybe we'll, we'll figure out a way to work it in. Work it in. <laughs> uh, um, no, I, I don't know how to transition to this uh, uh, nationwide tragedy. Um. um but we can just call it um so a tragedy hit Houston. Um the Astro World Festival uh was a thing that happened and whilst it was happening there was a uh, a person in the crowd who was injured and instead of stopping the concert to like help people they're like let's keep going the crowd was like chanting stop the show stop the show and um they kept on going and uh eight people died yeah and hundreds were injured Um, yeah lots of people yeah it is probably the most terrifying way to think about dying that because uh, it can literally happen. It's not nobody like a mass shooter. Like somebody has to be malicious and they have to like want to pull the trigger and shoot a bunch of people. Uh, when people die to stampede or crushing, it's literally just uh, because people are walking in a small area too fast. And like you can't you can't do anything about it. You're completely powerless. And it yeah. happens every couple of years. There's like a major incident like this. This is the biggest one in a while, I think, and the biggest one in uh, the United States. Yes, and it was um, it was even to the point though where like when paramedics were called, like there was so many people there that people who, you know, are when you have that many pe- uh, that many people all collected together, you're gonna have some like terrible humans there also and so there are people who are like jumping on top of the ambulances and blocking the ways and preventing people from getting the help they needed um and actually one of the things that have uh started going viral through uh twitter and tiktok and elsewhere rampant through the internet has been uh Con- like moments and concerts of other people's concerts where there was something had happened and the people like the person running the concert in the middle of singing a song would stop and say hey we need to solve th- we need to figure out what's going on um it happened let's see i think i saw it was like adele stopped a concert at one point um uh, who else did i see oh there was one that was like lincoln park where uh, there was a mosh pit that had gone too intense, and they like just stopped playing and said, "Hey, we need to we need to like straighten this up. We need to calm down, uh, make sure everybody's fine, everybody's safety's most important. We'll replay the song from the beginning. 
we have no problem doing that, but we want to make sure everybody's being safe first. And uh, I just think that there's a lot of mishandling happening at the Astro World Festival instead of uh, putting safety first. It was, uh, we're just going to plug on because we don't want people to realize how bad things are. Yeah, I, I think they're, the def, if, they, if you have to uh, put fault at anyone, it's, it's definitely concert organizers. Um, I've seen a lot of what I would call bad takes and things that are just uh, either irresponsible or uh, like going, like putting their energy in like the wrong direction, in my opinion, about, uh, well, one, there's uh, the, the funny one is that people are, are suggesting that it was uh, some satanic ritual. Uh, and it, it was a Travis Scott was somehow involved in uh, satanic something or other. And that is the reason that this happened. And that's the third stupidest thing I've heard this week. <laughs> I think um, that's fair. I mean, we just talked about Big Bird uh, getting <laughs> vaccines getting yelled so. at by Ted Cruz. And that that takes the cake for like number one of the week. But. I, and I think that's that's dumb. It's not a satanic ritual. This is a thing that literally happens every couple of years, uh, and it can. I mean, one, it's we haven't had indoor or outdoor or enclosed like concerts, people in like large groups in a while, so people forget how to act. Yeah. So like responsibility to the concert organizers. I don't think it's the the band's fault. Um, because there's a lot of factors when you're on a stage that you might not be aware of literally what's happening in front of you, either from lights or uh, monitor sound coming at you. Um, you might not hear people chanting something at you. Uh, I also think that there's plenty of examples of, in the same way that people have stopped their concerts to be like, let's sort this thing out. Plenty of times people are probably at a festival, get dehydrated and need to be like dragged away. Uh, but there's just, there's space and there aren't like people barricaded into such a tight, closed knit area. Uh, and then there's like security that, that handles that sort of thing. So uh, I think those are, those are factors to consider when you're talking about this tragic thing that happened to so many people. No, absolutely. And I think that we just need to have more regulations put into place for big festivals like this. Also, um, why are we packing this many people into a space? Yeah. We're still kind of in a pandemic. So there's well, that. Even any, if I recall <laughs> any mosh situation I've been in, uh, there's like, it, it may be enclosed, but like to get in there, like, like there's somebody who's counting how many people are in there and they don't let more people in until people have left. Yeah. Right. So that was clearly, uh, it was, I'm not, I would guess that it was over capacity. Yeah. And they just didn't have the resources to deal with that. No. Um, absolutely. It was, uh, it's a tragic thing that was just poorly handled, poorly set up, and unfortunately left many people injured and uh, killed eight people at this event. And um, my only hope is that we have learned from our mistakes and that festivals in the future will be uh, more mindful in how to keep everybody safe as opposed to how do we pack in as many humans as possible. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, speaking of terrible humans. <laughs> oh, who are we? Who are we? Who's done it this time? Oh, it's our good friend, Chris Pratt. Uh, so Chris Pratt is um, really just ruining days left and right. So we talked about it um, a few weeks ago. Chris Pratt is now the voice of Mario. And we all yeah, went. Which I'm, I personally dislike. I didn't get to comment on this because uh, I wasn't I wasn't a part of that episode. If I can just for the record state it. Producer Jonathan, not a fan of basically any of the casting in uh, the Mario, the Mario movie. Not even Keegan making Michael Kia's Toad, because just, that just amuses me. I don't. Oh, I think I mean, maybe I'm fine with Anna Taylor Joy as uh, as Peach. Oh, I'm okay with Jack Black as Bowser, and I'm okay with Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, only because, like, the Toad thing is so left field for me that I'm like, I just want to see where this goes. But no. I did, so... I did see a lot of images of Bowser with uh, just dialogue from Tenacious D that I found very amusing, so so I guess there's that. Maybe Jack Black is okay, is okay as well. I just, if it's, if it, like, just Chris Pratt, like, no. I don't like no. it. And then um, this week uh, we found out that Chris Pratt is once again ruining our childhood and is now going to be the voice of Garfield. I hope he eats the shittiest lasagna for the rest of his life. <laughs> I mean, why? Chris Pratt, a curse, a curse on every Italian casserole that touches your lips. Maybe burnt as hell with sour ricotta or just maybe vegetarian because I'm sure you'd hate that. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, also I'm just curious on what like childhood he's going to ruin next. Wait, I know whose childhood he's ruining next. His own child. Um so yeah Chris Pat, can i just can i I, fi- I found a headline that uh that was yeah. just amusing to me uh, go for Chris it Chris pratt says he went to bed quote depressed amid social media backlash oh oh let's tell them what he did he yeah so uh chris pratt went on to his instagram and posted a picture of him and his uh they're they are married now right like a uh, maybe I don't know. I don't follow his love life. Him, him, when and, it, it, him and him and Anna Ferris broke up, and I quit caring. Yeah, it was. It's him and Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. Uh, and he. It's the post. Is it's it's it is the typical uh sort of evangelical like kind of Christian nonsense uh with like a like a heavy dose of you know traditional gender uh heteronormative stuff. Which isn't bad, right? That's that's fine. Yeah. You can be you could be a Christian doofus, uh, and as long as you're not, you know, like the Westboro Baptisting it up, like most people are, are will give you just a pass, right? Yeah. Um, the problem, like the issue, is specifically that he he says uh, she's given me an amazing life, a gorgeous, healthy daughter, and people people took issue with that because. Uh, he specifically calls out that the, his child is healthy. 
where in his previous relationship, his son was born with a lot of health problems. And still struggles with some health problems. Yeah, and that's a relationship that he's not in anymore. And it's, uh, because normally, like, if somebody goes, hey, I'm so glad for, you know, a healthy baby child, blah, 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 you'd be like, yeah, cool. Good story. But it is, it is not even a little, it's a lot insensitive to, to be like, I'm so happy I have this healthy baby child and, um, with my beautiful new wife and my, my life is great now. Um, like I get the intention for the post, but it's also like, I'm going to give Chris Pratt the benefit of the doubt to say that I don't think that he went through this to be like, I'm going to burn my kid and I'm going to burn my ex-wife all in this one post. But he did. And that's where we, that's where we take umbrage. Like, be, be, be mindful. Yeah. Do better. Be mindful. Be aware of what's happening around you, friends. Because when you have, I've always, I've always said this about people, uh, whether they're huge, humongous celebrities or like people who just have, you know, a couple, like a couple hundred thousand followers. When you have a platform big enough, you have a responsibility to act in a way that is not going to like hurt people. That is not harmful. No, absolutely. And I think that you have to be more careful, more aware and just do more when you are in that kind of a spotlight. And it's one of those things is that did the entire world have to jump down a throat and been like, what the fuck, bro? I mean, probably not, but it's going to happen because you're in that kind of a public eye and you're not being mindful or aware of what's going on around you. So yeah, what you say matters. And like literally because of, because of your situation, because of your history, because of like your son and like those problems, like every, every, like what you're, what you're sending out a message to every young kid who's got health problems is that they're not as worthy as your daughter now. And that's not, that's not great. No. And I mean, it's not, yeah, it's just, it's just shit. That's really what it is. It, it, it just sucks. And, um, Chris Pratt do better. Also leave my childhood alone. Yeah. Stop, stop taking voice roles. You've had enough. (laughs) You were fine in the Lego movie. I don't need you in anymore. Especially voices that have very particular, very specific voices. Just stop. Stop. Please stop. Alright. Well, I think it's about time for the gimmick segment on this podcast. (laughs) I love a gimmick. Uh, Where I I don't watch Drag Race. And that's fine. Um, but we need to talk about something for 20 minutes. <laughs> and I already forgot what we agreed to talk about. <laughs> so I hope you wrote it down, Joanna. I absolutely did write it down. So um, 
during the 20 minute segment, it's kind of become a thing where we talk about something for 20 minutes that the person who's missing would not want to talk about. So uh, Jonathan doesn't want to watch Drag Race and that's fine. He gets who he is and that's that's okay. We still love him. Um, when I was gone, the boys talked about video games because no matter how hard people try, I just don't care. I don't care enough about video games. And um, then the last time we were on and JJ was away, we talked about Doctor Who because JJ, he don't want watch Doctor Who, which is tragic, but we get it. Um, I haven't seen the new episodes of Who yet, and uh, Jonathan will probably end up spoiling them for me, so... Um, we can't talk about Doctor Who. So we're going to talk about the Squid Game because JJ hasn't watched that yet. And we both have. So I'm going to start the timer. As soon as 20 minutes passes, we're going to be cut off from talking. And we're starting now. Woo! Okay. So the Squid Game is a Game. Korean show on Netflix. <laughs> it is a Korean show on Netflix. And it was uh, the number one show or the number one trending show on Netflix for like six weeks. <laughs> It was yeah, it's one of those, every once in a while, like, every six months or so, there's a Netflix show that will just fucking take off, and, like, literally, you cannot, like, leave your house or go online without somebody being like, have you seen Squid Game, or have you seen, uh, it was Queen's Gambit last year, or Tiger King last year, or um, Stranger Things, this year? Uh, yeah, Stranger Things is a, is a, is one that, yeah, and it's just, just kind of like, shows that, I don't know what what it is about them. If it's just Netflix like promotes them. Bridgerton was another one. Oh yeah, Bridgerton. Uh, that I, one. I didn't watch it, but literally everybody was fucking talking about that show all over social media for forever. Uh, but Squid Game, it's I don't know. Did you watch it in uh, English or Korean? Um, I did half and half. So I started watching it in English because I was doing things while I was watching it. And um, was like, wow, these actors are terrible. And I watched it in Korean when I was able to just sit down and watch it. And I was like, oh, never mind. The actors are great. The voice actors that were the American voice actors were terrible. Please don't watch it in American. It's bad. Yeah, I think I got about five minutes in because Netflix defaulted it to English for me. Um, and it's, as soon as like I guess for the opening narration, I think those this is fine. Uh, as soon as you get to any scene with like a character in it, uh, the first thing you'll notice is that there's, there's no sound. They don't, they didn't, I mean, it would take a lot of time and resources if you're just translating shows in other languages to also put in every time somebody like, uh, sets a cup down and like do sound effects for literally all of that. Um, or like also put in the music in like cues and fade it out during times when, when dialogue is happening. It's much easier to just, uh, completely dub over it. Uh, like a crazy person and I like I noticed that and then I noticed also that just the way that Korean people talk um, and like emote and like I don't know how expressive they are completely mm -hmm. different than any of the dialogue that was read in English so I switched to Korean almost immediately yeah no fair um, like I said I was I binged all of Squid Game in like two days um, but like I said, I was in the middle of doing things during the first part of, uh, when I was watching it. So I was like, this is doable for now. So I can, cause I don't understand Korean and I couldn't pay it stop long enough to read subtitles. Um, 
but yeah, no, much better in Korean. The actors are actually really brilliant at what they do. And you really get that across if you watch it in Korean. Yeah, well, I think everybody who consistently enjoys K-dramas would probably have told you that for like the last 10 years. But I'm not one of those people. I have people who probably would tell me that. But uh, Oh, I would be one of those people. Game. Yeah, I would be one of those people if I watched K-dramas also. But uh, I had not been exposed until now. And I'm like, yeah, this is pretty great. Um, I really like how they framed this show. I think that it did a really good job to subvert expectations because you definitely like, okay, so um, spoilers are head for squid game. We're going to spoil the shit out of this, but let's be real. <laughs> everybody and their brother has watched squid game probably all the way except through JJ. twice by now, except for JJ, but JJ lives under a special rock. <laughs> if you also <laughs> live under that special, a special rock next door to his, um, it's 20 Just minutes. Just cue forward ahead. about 16 minutes. <laughs> it'll be fine um but i really like the framing as far as like so i watched the first episode and i was like at least the first half of the first episode i'm like okay this is a little slow um let's just keep watching because like the world is talking about this show so it's got to pick up at some point and um but it really does well to like kind of lay down the foundation of like this guy's life sucks it oh, sucks yeah. hard and like it's not just like kind of sucky relatable sucky it's like oh my life sucks but at least it's not this guy's life yeah well did you watch uh parasite no i haven't like that best, was best was... picture winner korean movie parasite so i guess yeah. what a thing in uh and have you seen snowpiercer uh i am aware of snowpiercer and i understand what it does so like parasite and it, yeah. uh, snowpiercer are made by the same guy yeah. Um, and I think it's probably just a thing in Korean culture based on seeing like Parasite that uh, sort of cl the class consciousness and the hierarchy, but like the, the the disparity between like a rich person and a poor person yeah. is a lot more uh, defined. And uh, at least to us, it's very visible because it's not our culture. Yeah. Uh, and so like seeing that in this show, uh, taking its time to just really show you just how uh like how destitute his life is <laughs> no and it really does like and to to spend like the entire like first half of the show like to be like we're really gonna show you how bad this guy's life is and when you think that it can't get any lower we're gonna take you that another rung down just in case you didn't realize how bad it was and um, so you really do understand the desperation of this guy. And then when he eventually goes into the games and you have all these other people here because they all kind of like shout out, well, why are we here? What's going on? And they're like, well, you guys all owe money, lots and lots of money. And it kind of singles in on uh, all of these different people. And you go, wow, there's over 400 people here who all live really shitty lives like this guy. And so it really does help, like, add a gravitas. And then they just straight up murder, like, what, like, half of them? 200 people, I believe. More, it's more than 200 people on the first episode. Yeah, they just, like, just straight up murder, like, 200 people. And which is, yeah, I think it was a little less than half. 
and you went. To, it, it's it's a little uh, silly. Well, I guess it's not super silly. Um, yeah, murder is silly. None of these. None, none of these people. It is in this game. In this in the Squid Game. None of, none of these people are quite aware that it is a death game that they're playing. Uh, in the same vein as Battle Royale, Hunger Games. Uh, what are some other death game media? It's very popular. The death hey. game genre became very, very popular. Yes, it did. Uh, uh, but so it's not, they're not, they're not aware. And so as soon as people start dropping, everybody panics and it just escalates. Um, but so what's, so Squid Game, what's, uh, it's framed in a way to where all of these people are competing in traditional children's games in that you would play in Korea. Um, yeah, which sometimes some are worldwide. So like red light, green light is the first one and everybody knows red light, green light. Yeah. And then like, there's also one, like there's marbles, like everybody's pretty familiar with marbles or tug of war. Yeah. Um, if you did that of, as, if you did a U.S. version, it'd probably be like Jack's um, instead of marbles. No, I I think marbles would still hold up. I mean, like you survey a hundred millennials and ask them how many have played marbles. Ask them how many played jacks. Fair. <laughs> Wait, does everybody not play? Does everybody not have the experience of playing jacks? No, if you're gonna, if, if it'd be pogs, okay? It'd be millennials playing pogs. Play a game from your childhood. Here's some pogs. It'd be pogs instead yeah, do you of. Not, do you not just throw the uh, cow traps on the ground and then bounce a ball, see how many you can pick up? That, did everybody not do that? No. Because, like, when I think of marbles, I'm like, this is the. Like, 300 words of To Kill a Mockingbird were just a game of marbles. Actually, it might have been like four chapters. A, a significant portion of To Kill a Mockingbird was dedicated to the game of marbles. <laughs> you know what else marbles was in the cartoon tv show recess they played marbles all the time all right fair enough and i watched i watched i even saw the movie for that one see marbles it's it's uh it's significant into our uh pop culture there you go uh <laughs> yeah and then i think they play a couple things that are spe- that are very specific to korea um like the squid one game is like a candy <laughs> The the act the entire yeah the entire premise is like the Squid Game, which is basically sort of like just a roughhousing thing that you do on a playground, um, and I, I I it's very complicated. I can't think of a comp I, I can't think of a game I played on the playground as a child as complicated as the Squid Game, as the actual like Squid Game, not the whole Death Game thing. I didn't obviously yeah. we only did a little bit of Death Game on the playground at recess yeah that was when the floor was lava yeah um but uh no i agree the squid game itself like i'm like i don't understand what the rules are for it but it was fine because it just kind of ended up being yeah let's let's stab each other and they kind of go over them while it's happening and the fucking guy's like yeah you're just allowed to do that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's like no yeah he's hopping on one foot that's normal that's that's part of the game that's we didn't fine. say that in any of the rules but like clearly he's just he's got it we've got people with automatic weapons ready to fire in case these two don't stab each other to the death 
I mean, fair. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know. It's it's very, it's a it's a huge sort of reflection on sort of the desperate you know struggle that we all live with. Yeah, well, and I think that what's great is that we have this whole setup for, you know, all these people are in there and you find out that, you know, oh, they all owe all of this mass amount of money because their lives are shit and they have no way to get out of it. So they should, they could stay and play these games and win a crap ton of money. Yeah, but well, it's, it the idea down... it presents is, and it, it's it's uh, it's incredibly bleak for me to think about how much sense that the idea makes is that if you're far enough in debt, your life is not worth uh, that much. So if you're gonna like do a life or death thing to get that money, that that makes sense. Well, and it's one of the, what what's great about it also is that the second episode they they vote and over 50% of the players is a very close call but over 50% of the players vote to leave the games because that was like rule 3 of their contract there's only three rules and it's uh it says that if the majority of the people vote to leave or to end the games the games will stop so they tell everybody, all right, y- y'all are going home. And, um, but if you decide you want to come back, you know where we are. And all of these people leave, you know, there's what, 200 and like 80 people or something that are left and they all leave. And we get to spend time with all of like, um, a lot of these characters. And you realize that their lives are worse like they still outside have of the murder debt. games. Yeah, they still, like, their lives are worse outside of the murder games. And so I think it, it came down to everybody but, like, 20 people came back to play the murder games because their lives were so terrible because they had all of this debt in the real world. And you're just like, well, damn. And it was also one of those things is that you're like, it's episode two and they're all voting. So you're like, well, of course, they're all going to vote to say no, they all get to leave. No, we do and a they whole fucking back. episode of like just, you know, drinking beer, depressed in the rain. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's, it's great. And it just develops these characters so much more. And I think that that's what I mean, though, is that the show really subverted expectations because you, you think you really knew what was going to like how this was going to play out and it doesn't follow the the script the way that you expect it to and if i think of the other two most popular sort of death game uh media which is hunger games which everything is super over the top post-apocalyptic bleak that it's it's completely like that that would never happen here yeah. um or you have uh battle royale which is completely enclosed on an island, and it's done with, uh, I believe, high schoolers, mm-hmm. and it is it is so cut off from the outside that it's like, well, that's that's like a super isolated incident, and this is like a crazy, uh, like only like only somebody like sick would think that would happen. Whereas a Squid Game, you look at it and it's like these people that are allowed back into the world. Um, it just seems this there's so much of a like that could happen. Yeah. 
Yeah, it which could. sucks. And I think that the the level of groundedness that the show still manages to maintain, even though it's so it's absolutely absurd. Yeah, yeah, it's so off the wall, and especially with the uh, like, oh, we're gonna make you play children's games and. Uh, if you don't win, you die. If you run out of time, you die. Um, we're going to play a game where we're just going to kill half of you. Why? Because we need less people. Um, and you kind of go, huh. But I still buy that this could happen. That they w- that people would stay. That people would stay. Because at any given point, people could have voted to, again to end the games and leave. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wouldn't. I would in no way stay for the Squid Game to try and win the Squid Game. Like, hell no. But the I, I believe that people in, like, that much debt or who have, like, a, a, a an illness, like a, a, like a like cancer or something. Yeah. That they might. Well, I mean, and it's one of those things is that... Surprise, surprise, listeners. Um, we're not rich. <laughs> we don't have <laughs> lots of money. We're not well off. Like, we get by. Some months are better than others. There are times when you're like, hmm, I'm not going to eat super well this month. It's ramen. Lots of ramen this month. Or, you know, whatever. Like, life's not all, like, rainbows and sh- sunshines. Um... But I can't relate to a level of discomfort that these characters go through. And so I sit down and I'm like, like, would you go play the squid game and like murder, you know, 400 other people so you could win a shit ton of money and change your life? I'm like, no, no, I would not. But do I believe that people could get to a point to where their lives are so hard and destitute that they need to or feel like they need to because it's the only way they can feel safe and secure with not passing on all of this debt to other families or so they can be able to feel like they can go out and breathe again? Yeah. And that's the scary part of the show. That's the part that you're like, whoa. Do you personally have like a, a, can you imagine a situation in which you would go participate in the Squid Game? I can't imagine that just because I believe I have enough of a support system in my life that if even in the most trying of times, I have family and friends who would help me to make sure that I wasn't in that kind of a space. Also, I don't have a gambling problem. Also, I don't, you know, work with the mob, to my knowledge. Also, I'm not in a gang. Also, I'm not uh, trying to bring my family from another country illegally because they're in a worse situation than I am. Uh, But you could easily end up with, like, medical debt or something. I mean, I could easily end up with medical debt because this is the type of world we live in here in America. And it would suck. And if that were the case to where, like, I was in or, like, personally or I got married and my spouse was in 
you know, God forbid, got ridiculously ill and we got slammed with, you know, chemotherapy bills forever. I could see that being a thing to being like, wow, I, I might not be able to live in a space anymore. Um, or eat tomorrow because of all of these bills. I mean, it is a humanly possible thing that could happen here. And I mean, we see people who live on the streets now who are having, you know, who would probably say, yeah, you mean I could go live in a giant place and play games and possibly win, you know, $4 million? Sign me up. It's a thing. Personally, like I don't, I don't think that I could ever get past the fact that by partic- just by participating in the Squid Game, the longer I play it, like intentionally or not, whether I f- like personally did it or not, like people are dying and I'm part of it. I mean, from a moral standpoint, I can see, like, again. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> well no, fine nobody nobody gets to hear about your morals <laughs> <laughs> you're the one in charge of the timer i see what you did there no that's the that's just that, that's check it roll back and check it <laughs> that was 20 minutes no i believe it was 20 minutes i just also believe that you're the one in charge of the timer and could see where we were time-wise and been like let's set up this moral question ha you can't answer it <laughs> Well, I was, I was going to take the last minute to talk about like how I didn't like the ending, but nobody gets to hear that now. <laughs> well, um, on that note, let's take a quick break. Guess who's back? Back Is it again. Us? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> we are back. Tell your friends. We're back. Yeah, and we'll never get tired of the Backstreet Boys slow talk opening. That wasn't the Backstreet Boys. That was Eminem. Was it? Yeah. Guess who's back? Back again. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shady's okay. back. What am I thinking of? Um, Backstreet's back. Yeah. You've done that too, though. I have done that. But <laughs> I did not do that this time. <laughs> You've made Eminem sad. Somebody's got to. <laughs> okay, well, um, here we are, and we are going to uh, jump into spoilers for Eternals. If you want to hear our non-spoiler review, go check us out on our social medias or on our YouTube page. But for right now, spoilers for Eternals. Once again, spoilers. I think that was a good spoiler warning. Thank you. I thought it was crazy how uh, the god at the end just kind of pops up. <laughs> oh, the, uh, what was his name? Harishim. Uh, uh, Harishim. Harishim the Celestial. 
And the entire time I was like, I was like, shit, is, is that, is that what Galactus is going to look like? Cause I'm yes. totally down for that. I didn't, I mean, I, I Galactus can totally look like a dude uh, <laughs> rather than sort of a, a swirly mass of clouds like in uh, the Fantastic Fours we don't talk about. Oh yeah, no, those don't exist. um Um, no but um i think that this is the idea that they're going for for galactus um and i think that this like weird like robot like thing with like six eyeballs is like weird but like menacing and like the scale the scale i am so impressed with how well they made the scales of the of the celestials because that's like nanner boats crazy like how well that was done well i I'm, mean i'm concerned one did that just uh cause all of the oceans to rise like six feet in a second i mean i do hope we or get some Harishim like real world a, like have, problems with yeah. that because if you if you put an object that size that close to the planet even if it's like a million miles away uh terrible geographic like geological trauma to the planet just by having something with that much like gravitational force nearby oh Oh, i was thinking of the one that was emerging from the ocean that like fucked. oh yeah that too (laughs) Um, turns out the earth's an egg guys earth's an egg which really really interesting um that so like that little seed of uh, celestial has been inside the earth the whole time right yeah Yet Ego comes on and he spits his little sperm behind a Dairy Queen. <laughs> and that's also fine. Like, no, nobody notices that. Like, where's the Eternals stopping that? <laughs> that doesn't come up on their little fucking radar? No, I, they probably were attending, like, Cersei's wedding that day. I don't know. <laughs> Cersei married Rob Stark that day. It was, a, it was, it was exciting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cersei and Rob Stark. God, the 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 what they're putting these Game of Thrones guys through. <laughs> I also love that they are. I just want uh, Richard Madden and uh, Kit Harrington to be able to be in like a movie or a TV show where they get to be friends <laughs> and not have yep. any weird like dra- drama or family things like they could just be like brothers who love and support each other and don't have any problems just once nah <laughs> but nope there I'm surprised they didn't give this. Alfie Allen a part like <laughs> I mean he could have been sprite he absolutely could have been <laughs> Oh uh, no! I think the person who played Sprite did very did very well. No, they did do very well, a good job, and I like the. Uh, okay, so the reason why I think people have problems with this movie, like as I was explaining it to uh, other friends, you know, trying to do it in a non spoilery way, I was like, okay, so the movie it's a little bit slower paced than other movies like other marvel movies because it needed to be because we had a whole shit ton of information we had to get and i appreciate though that we kind of get to 
get some of this information and then we're like, hey, let's check in with what these people are doing now. Now let's go back into the day and kind of see what what we're referencing now because otherwise it would have been a slog to get through. But I, I liked the pacing of it. But um, I also, okay, what I love and appreciate about this movie is that it doesn't assume your audience is stupid. It really yeah, it definitely. Speaks. There's there's been movies that like hold your hand through certain like reveals, and they like really try to make did, like they they really treat audiences dumb and like did you do you see that do you remember that from five minutes ago? No, let's flash back to it. I am I am roasting Joker by the way. Yeah, I know. Joker Joker really annoyed me when it uh, did some like reveal and then it flashed back to every scene that had like two characters in it and i was like i yeah i've been watching this movie i didn't pause it and take like a two-week break i'm I'm good (laughs) stop stop being bad no and so i appreciate Um, like when you you find out about different characters like um i put in a spoiler alert when you find out that icarus uh killed ajax you're like whoa that super sucks. And it's just like, you watch the scene happen and he kills her. There's no more explanation needed. She dead now. Yeah. He's, he's not, he's, and he's not really he's like a bad guy. a long monologue about like why he did it. No, it's very Because they've already kind of explained like, you know. Yeah. Um, I also appreciate that all of these characters are like they're they're named after different uh like legendary figures throughout history that may or may not yeah. have been real like Icarus Icarus was a myth you have Icarus Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh. Athena. Uh, yeah Athena gee I wonder who she's named after Athena like Druid th- you have all of these really great uh, characters and like all of them are references to something throughout history and the ideas that they inspired those references. Like there's a joke like, uh, like Oh, uh, uh, John, uh, Kit Harrington's character. Um, <laughs> I almost called him John Snow's character. I'm like, that's yeah, not is his it, name. His name's not John, is it? It's Dave. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's uh God, his name is fucking Dave. You know what? This movie deserves all the bad reviews. <laughs> Justice for Kit Harrington. Give him a character yeah. with the real oh, name. Oh, Kit Harrington. Who are you playing? You're playing a guy named Dave. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but um so Kit Harrington's character Dave is like your ex-boyfriend's name was Icarus? Like the guy in like Icarus and uh the character Cersei, she goes, yeah, Sprite uh, uh, used to tell that story to piss him off, you know, back in the day. And it was just mm-hmm. a story that she had told to be like, I'm going to make fun of you because it pissed him off. And that's like, that's just a moment. And it's great because it's not going to sit there and be like, oh, now let's talk about the story of Icarus. You either know the story or you don't. 
And the yeah. movie's not going to take time to hold your hand and be like, do you know the story of Icarus about how he made wings so he can be like a god and then flew too close to the sun and then they melted and he died? Because that's what it was. And then, oh, no, do, I'm like, how, how does he die in this movie? <laughs> he flies into the sun. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm not sure that would kill him. I'm not 100%. I don't believe that he's fully dead yet. It's a Marvel show. Like, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent on like what the fuck an Eternals anatomy, especially in this, uh, in this and like the MCU versus like the larger comic book uh, universe. Or oh yeah, because MCU canon. MCU Eternals are fucking robots. Yeah, which, they're AI. Uh, like, <laughs> I I also am like okay, they were designed to do this job. Why did you design one of them deaf? Why'd you de- design one of them tiny? <laughs> to adapt to any situation. How is not being able to hear an effective thing for an Eternal, though? Because she's able to see things. Or maybe we find out when we get to see all the other ones that the deafness was like a weird like structural defect. And she just happened to be deaf. And it wasn't necessarily something, but because they were, like, mass-producing them. Sometimes shit goes wrong in production. Not to say there's anything wrong with being deaf, because there's not. No, it just... It doesn't... I mean, from the, in the narrative, I'm... As, if it would make sense, like, the original uh, Eternals, like, comic book universe, they're, they're beings that were born and they're from a place. So the fact that they're all, it's all the island, uh, you woke up in a pod with all these false memories. Ta-da. No, but I, I, I enjoyed it from a, in that kind of aspect. And I like that all of the characters really got a chance to, to shine, I think. Yeah. And I think that they all had a really nice significant amount of character growth without necessarily having these long drawn out scenes like i think that um fastos's development to understand who he is as a character and how he got to be the way he was it was like a two minute scene of him realizing that his technology helped build the atomic bomb and it's him standing in the like the remains of Hiroshima. And it's so it's such a smart way to get you to immediately understand why this character wants to live alone or away from everyone else and wants to yeah. shelter the family that he has created. And um why the he only has issue such a low I take, opinion. The only issue I take with that is that um, some people take like these movies and just all media they consume as like this big reflection on like the world and politics, which they shouldn't because movies are for entertainment and it's yes. fiction. But they're the, so the people who do that are going to look at this and like 
it's they're gonna be like oh well like life should be more like the eternals da 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 but what the movie essentially did if if that's your viewpoint you're basically saying like oh well humanity's not to blame for the biggest atrocities that we've done uh it was actually uh you know eternal immortal robots that did it it's not our fault that we uh killed the most people possible in a single instant than has ever been done before it was it was the immortal robots and well, if you're going to think... take that view of your media consumption, then, like, don't. <laughs> well, and I think that it's it was presented in a way that it's not like, I built the atomic bomb, it's all my fault. He's taking that upon himself, but he also then lost faith, faith in humanity because it wasn't just that I built this thing and then it killed a bunch of people. It was, I helped lead people to this and this is what they chose to do with it. And that puts it back on humanity, not, you know. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. I have uh, a problem. For, I have a similar problem with like Wonder Woman, where it's like the idea is like, oh well, no, war wasn't you know, like humans weren't doing this world war. It was uh, it was the god of war compelling everybody. He was just uh, pretending to be the leader of both sides and making them fight each other. And I'm like, no. No, people suck. That's why there's war. Yeah. No, I agree, and um, I see that from that aspect. But I don't think that this fell into that Wonder Woman camp. Um. Yeah. Um. What else? What else can we do to talk about this movie? I don't. I really. I really liked the sort of it. It went from. It went all across the world. Like, I don't know how many. I mean, I guess. Not a lot of movies do that, I guess, anymore. They'll they'll do, like, a Europe and... I guess James Bond kind of does it. Yeah. Nobody really globetrots that I... And even in, like, Marvel movies, they don't, they don't really globetrot. No, we got to see a lot of different places and a lot of different time periods. And if I remember correctly, like... And you could tell, actually, just watching it, that it's not, like oh, we're here in a studio on green screen. Like, no, they went to a lot of places and built those sets. Yeah. To really have that practical effect, even though they weren't necessarily places we lived in for a long time. And I think that that helped keep keep it feel grounded. I feel like that's my theme today, is that, like, we're talking about shit that was grounded, that really shouldn't have felt grounded. And I think that's also what I really liked about this movie, is that, it, it did have a groundedness to it that you believed that that kept it believable even though you're like this ain't ever gonna happen in real life but I believe it within this realm of the MCU yeah I thought it was fine um I mean it's I, again the, with the grain of salt that uh, people are reviewing it really 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 poorly I think that's that's wrong. I, don't, I mean, I, th- I think it's fine. I like that it uh, sort of jumps in, like, lets you dip your toe into all these different cultural mythologies. Because uh, I'm like, every every kid, well, I don't know if every kid, but like, as a kid, uh, I was really into, you know, be it ancient Egyptian or ancient Greece, uh, like, myth stuff for a while. Like, I had a phase um, yeah. where I was really into that. And so it's nice to sort of see the sort of historical fiction pop through uh all those places no absolutely and i think that um 
I think that this is going to be one of those movies, like, is it in my, like, top five favorite Marvel movies? No. Um, but it's also not in my, like, least favorite Marvel movies either. Like, it's somewhere in the middle for me right now. But I can see this yeah. as being one that climbs as we get to know the Eternals more later. Like, as we start to piece together more things and build upon this world. You, I, like, I can see me going back to this being like, damn, this is a really good start to this section of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, also, post-credit scene. Um, the final post-credit scene. Um, is it the One Direction been... guy? No, that was the... so the first one was uh, Harry Styles from One Direction. Uh, who's playing Thanos's brother, and it is comic book accurate that it is Thanos' yes. brother. Thanos, Thanos is an absolute dick, and he has a brother who's an absolute like charming uh, womanizer guy. I mean, as I say, who's a charming dick, <laughs> as opposed to just yeah. a dickish dick. Um, no, and then the final one we see. Uh... Oh, is this name? Kate Harrington. Kate Harrington. No, I think it's Dean. I don't think it's Dave. I think it's Dean. Dean Whitman. That sounds better. It might be Dean. Or it's Dave. I'm not apologizing for the Dave (laughs) bit earlier. That was genuinely funny. No, it was fantastic. But like now I'm saying it in my brain. I was like, I think it's Dean Whitman. But it could be Dave Whitman. It's some D name. But Kit Harrington, he's, um, he's, you know, find out like he has a sword and it's an illusion for like the, the Black Knight. And we hear a voice that says, are you sure you want to do that? And um, it has been confirmed by Chloe Zhao that that is that off-screen voice. Brrr, Mahershala Ali. It is Mahershala. Yeah, it's, it's it Blade. is Blade. Because, I mean, we both looked at each other. We're like, because somebody in the audience like yelled out. I was like, was that Blade? Someone, someone down there was like, that's Blade. And I was like, yeah, that's yeah. fucking. I was trying to think. I was trying to think of anyone else it could be. Uh... Well, because the first... But it, ultimately, I'm like, no, they just they just gotta have a second before me. It's fucking Blade. Yeah, no, um, because the, uh... The... Who was it? Like, there's a couple, like, review channels on YouTube who had initially thought it might be the voice of the Watcher from the What If series, and that's how they're hmm. gonna try to tie that into it. Jeffrey but I'm Wright. like... Jeffrey Wright. And I'm like, <laughs> nowhere on this this earth did that sound like jeffrey white like also what if is not gonna play into live action mcu at all yeah it is what What if is what if is uh is mcu canonical like it's not just a spinoff it's a uh it is canonical and um there's talks of bringing in live uh live action peggy carter into the mcu as uh, uh, Captain Carter. We broke the multiverse, baby. Eh. What I, if I, I yeah. prefer I prefer what if to be sort of just a separate, silly, uh, multiversal. And again, it's fine to bring in little Easter eggs. I think, because that's. Uh, I don't know. That's I think that's as far as it should go. But whatever. We got Blade. Blade might. I mean, well, the I think we were talking about this in the theater. The uh, 
Morbius movie isn't technically MCU. But Blade and Morbius, like, do do a lot of stuff together. Uh, I mean, actually, I think they're enemies of each other. Because Blade doesn't like vampires and Morbius is... Kind of a vampire. He's he's kind of a vampire. (laughs) I don't don't know if there's an official term. I think it's... it's, uh, What I've been hearing is, like, he's a living vampire? Yeah, but what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) What? I don't fucking you call know. Him, you can call him whatever you want. Like, it's not... It doesn't he's, mean anything. So, again, we're gonna go with... He's kind of a vampire. But yeah, go see Eternals. Yeah, go see it. It's fun. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, a lot of audience members enjoyed it because they gave it an, it's currently audience score is sitting at like an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes while uh, critic scores is sitting at like a 40 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So um, audiences seem to be enjoying it. Go see it. It's fun. Um, it'll give you something to do between now and uh, Hawkeye because that comes out on like Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, I think we've said all can be said, so it's time to throw it to our friend and your... What What does she always say? Uh, what I always say? It's time to throw it to uh, to my friend and yours, Miranda D. Lawson, for Miranda's 10-minute recaps, where she's going to be recapping for us Crimson Peak. Miranda's 10-minute recap. Warning, spoilers ahead. Hi, welcome back to Miranda's recap in 10 minutes. That's not the name of it, but here's how it goes. I had just rewatched Crimson Peak and I had seen it several years ago and I watched it again because who doesn't love Loki? What's his real name? It's not Benedict Cumberbatch. Tom Hiddleston. I figured it out. Oh, he's just delicious. Anyway, so I took some notes. Here we go. Recap. We open on the girl from Alice in Wonderland with Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter. And she will be referred to as Alice and only Alice throughout this entire movie. Tom Hiddleston will be referred to as Loki and Jessica Chastain will be referred to as Jessica Chastain. Open on Alice in Wonderland. She's got a bloody hand up in the air and she's looking at us like straight down the camera lens. She looks really beat up and she's very sad. Cut to um, like, I don't know, her childhood. And she's like, my mom's dead. And she watches her get put in a casket. I think she had cholera or some shit. Old timey diseases, irrelevant. And she's like, but my mom did come back. I believe in ghosts. And we're like, oh, that's great. Yeah, mom is terrifying. Mom is like black whispery smoke with hands. And mom says in a weird voice, when the time comes, beware of Crimson Peak. Like, love mom. Why do we have to send messages to people in a way that is terrifying? If you are beyond the grave and you would like to speak to me, please send me a text message or give me a note with flowers. Do not come up behind me or rise from the floor in the mist to deliver a warning. Please sit me down. Anyway, so Loki comes 
to New York from England. He's trying to, I don't know, like get money and sell red clay to a whole bunch of old white dudes. And Alice uh, writes novels and she's like, oh, it's so enchanting and blah, blah, blah. And he's smitten, right? Whatever. So there's a ghost in Alice's hallway. It starts shaking her door handle. And it's her mom again trying to warn her, but in a very jump scary manner, like, please uh, stop yelling at me and terrifying me to send me messages. Anyway, there's an opulent party. It's like a white party, like white clothes, not white people, though, though it was just white people also. Anyway, Jessica Chastain is wearing red and she's playing the piano very morose. And they pass around a whole bunch of like topiaries of food, but there's in topiary shapes and like get, they got kiwis and kumquats and shit. Cool. So Loki asks Alice to dance and not that bitch's daughter to dance. And they don't blow the candle out while they're dancing because they're moving so smoothly. It's like a thing they do. So there's a man in a bowler hat that Alice's dad hires and he's like a secret spy. He looks just like Willem Dafoe. I will now only refer to him as Willem Dafoe. And he is sent by Alice's dad to check out who Loki and his sister Jessica Chastain are. There's this really sexy man named Alan. He's an ophthalmologist and he's really sexy and he has a thing for Alice. And she's like, no, I didn't want you for whatever reason. So then Willem Dafoe has some bad news for Alice's dad about uh, Loki and Jessica Chastain. And so he's late for dinner and then he asks, hey, Loki and Jessica Chastain, I would like to talk to you because I found out some shit about you. And he's like, kind of cryptic going, you've, uh, I know who you are. You're only here for the money. And he basically is like, here's some money. I'll send you away, but you need to break my daughter's heart. And so Loki makes her sad on the stairs. And she, sl Alice slaps him because he did break her heart. He did a good job because he's a good actor. Then um, daddy, cut to next day, is shaving in his like men's club. I don't know where this bathroom locker situation is, but there's black people as handmaidens and servants. And, and it, there's several sinks, several, like a locker room situation, but only he is ever in this large tiled bathroom. Where is it? Anyway. So daddy hears a sound down the hall. He walks down the hall, turns around, sink is overflowing. His straight razor falls to the floor. Daddy picks it up and then gloves being pulled over hands. Uh-oh, dun-dun-dun. Daddy gets whacked. And I mean that in the literal sense, not in the mobster sense. Dad's face gets whacked on the sink a billion times and then his head is now an open shell because um, that's what happens when you get whacked onto porcelain. There are a lot of... 007 down the barrel of a gun closing in camera lens transitions i i don't know it happened like four times what was the significance i don't know and it wasn't like every anyway um so we get to the big house um since daddy's dead loki apologized to alice and was like your daddy made me do it and then she's like oh no i love you so they get married cut two we don't even get to see a wedding with all these opulent and gorgeous fucking costumes in the show, we don't even get to see a goddamn wedding. Anyway, so cut to marital bliss. Let me pick you up, take you over the threshold into my fucking haunted mansion that has a hole in the ceiling, a hole that the elements just come through. When we get there, leaves are coming through. Why is autumn two days later? Guess what's coming through? Snow. You're right, because that's how seasons go, right through the ceiling. And I feel like in certain circumstances, this hole in the ceiling would be like, wow, like aesthetic. 
But in this circumstance where there is no central heating or air conditioning, I feel like it's just a health hazard and a safety issue. Anyway, moving on. There's ghosts in this house. <laughs> Who knew? Who thought? There's a creaky crack. Oh God, I'm getting from creeped out thinking about it right now. She creakily crackly moves around. Ooh, it's creeping me out. And she's red. It's crimson peak. Red is a big color throughout this whole thing. Um, and I, I was very upset. I was like, this is unacceptable. You moving around like this. Side note, Alice in her long strawberry blonde curly wavy hair and her big puffy sleeve white uh, pleated nightgown, everything. So sister Jessica keeps making um, Alice drink tea and she's like, it's bitter. It's really gross. And she keeps like passing out from it, like waking up in her bed. It's crazy. There's a room that Alice goes into full of moths. I would never go into a room full of moths. Alice keeps drinking the tea and losing track at the time. And then she keeps waking up and walking around the house at nighttime. And now she's opening doors and there's like demons behind these doors, red terrifying demons behind doors because she keeps walking around her haunted house at night, just opening shit that she don't know what it is. The shit is coming out of the floor. They're bloody, they're crawling on the ground. And then she gets in the elevator. Who takes the elevator in an emergency when you need to go fast? Even if, if a building is on fire, people are like, hey, don't go in the elevator. Um, yeah, you should do that. She has too much faith in this the steampunk elevator. Anyway, so she takes it to the basement where she isn't even supposed to go. She finds some luggage. It says Enola on it. Enola backwards is alone, just for anybody who cares to know. Now she's dreaming about that red demon pointing like off to a cliff and then she wakes up and she's coughing up blood like she's got tuberculosis, which you know what that death sentence. We've all seen Moulin Rouge and if you haven't, sorry, another spoiler. Um, so this bitch is just choosing to walk around at night with a candlestick and her hair down and talking to ghosts. And now I don't know what to tell you. Before you were curious and I could have given you a little benefit of the doubt, but now you're choosing to speak to them and choosing to walk around the house. I need to hurry up. So Loki and Jessica are in cahoots. They keep talking about if she knows about things and it's all cryptic and weird and Jessica's weirdly possessive of Loki in like a sexual way. So then Willem Dafoe and the doctor, Alan, are now talking about a murder that happened at Loki's house. And they're like, oh shit, we gotta go do whatever. So um, Alice is hysterical. Loki, who's like falling for her, is like, I'm gonna take her into town. They get quote unquote snowed in and then they fuck at the mailbox house, mail house, post office, that's the word. Jessica is incensed by this. She throws eggs and then she picks them up with her bare hands. Um, but while she was messing with tea and eggs, Alice got the Enola key off of Jessica's key ring and went down there and opened up the thing. And there's a whole bunch of packets of information in there. Uh, side note, she got a letter from somebody addressed to her from Italy. She's like, I don't know anybody in Italy. She opened it. It was actually addressed to Enola because side note, Loki is still married to other people. Um, but Loki has been wifing a lot of women to get money and the tea tea is bullshit. Don't drink the tea. It's literally killing you. So she tried to leave in a snowstorm, but then they found her at the bottom of the stairs. And now Jessica's feeding her porridge that we find out 
is poisoned because she stopped drinking the tea because Jessica's like, oh, I think she knows that the tea's poison. That's not good. And then she's talking to Alice about how her dad stepped on her mom's leg and broke it. Like, what? A, that's not comforting. Loki actually loves Alice and he doesn't want her to drink the tea again. So he looks at her and goes, don't ever drink this tea again because Lucille is poisoning her. And so then Alan is now at the Sharp House. Um, and I used to think that he was awful and like really intrusive, but um, I have since changed my mind. So the floaty red ghost and a baby are pointing for her to go check out something. And so Alice at nighttime gets up and goes to check out what this is. And it's Jessica and Loki making out in a room. And Jessica is giving Loki a handy J on the bed. And then they both stop and look at her and at Alice. And Alice is like, oh my God, no. So Jessica then pushes Alice off the balcony and Alice uh, breaks her leg, very foreshadowed by that previous scene. And now suddenly Alan is there to who sedated her, fixed her leg, and he's like, I'm going to rescue you. So we find out that Lucille killed her mom and now she tries to kill Alan. She stabs him in the armpit. And then Loki is like really not happy about this. He's like, "This is, I like this girl. I don't even want to be with you, sister, anymore. And so he's like, Alan, you're a doctor. Tell me where to stab you so you can still live. And so Alan like moves the knife and so then Loki stabs him like really dramatic in the doorway and he takes him down to the red cave and is like I'm gonna go save Alice you stay here I'll be back um the mom knew that the kids were fucking each other and she didn't like it so at least she didn't like it um and then now Alice stabs Lucille with her pen um Lucille stabs Loki because Loki's like we're gonna leave and it'll be fine don't mess with her don't mess with Alice. And she's like, you said you'd never leave me. And she stabs him like with the thing. And then she stabs him in the cheek, in the, in the cheek under the eye. And then we see it go in and then it's it, like, it poked his brain. Like I had to poke his brain. Anyway, he like dies almost instantly from that. Jessica's really mad at Loki about all of this because Alice is the only woman of all the women he married that he actually banged and she like doesn't like that. So Alice is trying to go down the elevator which is fucking dumb and now Jessica's running down the stairs after her like Scarlett O'Hara and they have knives and they're running and they're fighting each other and now they're fighting out in the snow and then now Loki's a ghost behind Jessica and so Jessica turns around to look at the Loki ghost and Alice smacks her in the back of the head with a shovel and then Jessica turns around and goes you have to kill me or I'm going to kill you and uh, Alice smashes her on the head again with the shovel and like implodes her head down into her shoulders very vicious very deserved and so then uh alice walks up and touches the loki ghost on the hand and it's like i'm sorry and then you see her pull away and it's the same image from the beginning with her hand and she's crying down the lens of the camera and then you see her and alan leaving the house and a whole bunch of people coming toward the house because they knew that shit was fucked up that's all bye miranda's 10 minute recap Wow, Miranda, that was great. I can't believe you got all that in in only 10 minutes. I think it was only 10 minutes. I didn't look to see how long it really was, but probably 10 minutes. And you, call, and you minutes. call this a podcast with integrity. I, I am a podcast of integrity because I admitted that I wasn't 100% sure. If this was not with integrity, I would have lied. But you're and still going to do, do like a here. fake thing like you just listened to it while we were recording. <laughs> That's part of the bit. It makes it <laughs> funny. People uh, know we're not listening to it. <laughs> but you should be listening to Miranda's 10 minute recaps because they are amusing. And it stays within the realm of 
the MCU because Crimson Peak stars Tom Hiddleston. So, there's that. And um, we don't have JJ to tell us about the nanny. So, um, Jonathan, what have you been watching lately? Um, what have I been watching lately? You know, we talked about this before we started recording the podcast. And like <laughs> I a good podcaster, forgot. I have immediately forgotten everything about what I've been watching. Um, except Doctor Who, right? There's two episodes of the six-part Doctor Who season that they're putting out this year. Uh, that, and again, I want, I want, I want to talk about it, but I don't want to give you any spoilers. Uh, the first episode I think was a little rough around the edges, but it's, it's like they're, they're doing it in a way that I think should have been like a, cause there's only six episodes, right? Yeah. Which I guess is normal for most British show, TV shows, but it's, uh, Doctor Who usually gives you, gives you more than that. Like 13 episodes usually, right? Yeah. Um, and it's because of uh, production issues with, like, they just, they made a shorter season because it's harder to make uh, media these days with uh, Pancetta. Um, uh, is that a drag? When, when I keep using the same words that you use to describe the pandemic, do people think that I watch Drag Race? This, it's not a Drag Race reference. I just, okay. uh, me and my friends and actor friends and stuff, we call it different things. And, um... So we've called it a pancetta and a panorama and uh, a pantine. Uh, mm-hmm. A pantine pro v. Um, you call it whatever you want, and it's just being, uh, being silly because nobody wants to really think about it. Sometimes I wonder if I take a mannerism it. from you, uh, is that is that is somebody gonna think that I watch Drag Race? Not that there's anything wrong with that, and actually probably. Uh, would be good for me to take little little uh, isms that you say and and throw them into my speech so that people think that I'm like a cultured person who watches Drag Race, even though I was I gonna don't. say it'll probably up your street cred. Um, <laughs> exactly. So the, so um, the, the mean streets of uh, the Lavender District in Sacramento, but um, <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah, it's it's a six episode. And there's, there's two episodes that have, that have aired. Uh, the, so it, basically all six episodes, or all, all five of the episodes after the first one are about, like, something. And it introduces, like, within, whether the scene's five minutes or ten minutes long, the, it keeps cutting to different little vignettes of, like, what those episodes are going to be about and, like, what those characters... Uh, like are gonna be so like jumps from like weeping angels to Santarin. so it's like every little thing is here that's gonna happen in the six episode se- like event thing um and so i felt it was a little rushed and jumping around a little too much in that first episode and we didn't get a lot of the actual meat episode? of the episode <laughs> hmm? i said you didn't get the actual episode <laughs> Yeah, I felt like the episode was doing so much setup that they didn't have time to actually be an episode of Doctor Who. Uh, but the second episode I thought was uh, was pretty great. Um, I think the new companion is is sticking with that accent, and God help him. <laughs> oh yeah, there's like a white boy companion now, right? Yeah, and he is. It is. Uh, it is not easy to understand. 
the heavy like Liverpool. I don't even know what region of. Uh, I, I, his character is from Liverpool. I don't know if that's how all Liverpool people talk. As I say, is it like liver or is it like a Welsh? Because sometimes that Welsh accent. It's not is Welsh. Good. I we've been trained on Welsh from Torchwood. It's fair. It's also been a hot minute since I've watched Torchwood, so. Um, I don't know. Like Liverpool does have a a specific dialect, so I don't know. I look forward to it when I watch it. Um, oh, I thought of something that I started watching, and I'm actually really excited about. Um, the the Canterville Ghost. Um, is playing online for free. Um, ironically, um, because it's. A BBC show, but you can watch it on, like, Brigham Young University streaming site. And it's free. And it airs on Sundays. And it's starring Anthony Stewart Head, which is exciting. Because um, he plays the ghost. Um, so, that was fun for me to watch. Um, I watched the first episode. I need to watch the second episode, because that just came out. Um last night as of recording um so i'm gonna watch that probably tomorrow at some point good god my life is busy but uh it's really fun and it's also it's it's extra fun because i'm in an oscar wilde show right now and we're uh one of the oscar wilde pieces we're doing is the canterville ghost so it's extra like topical for me like in my life right now but also when somebody says hey anthony stewart head is in this thing i go okay and i watch and now a quick word from our sponsors and we'll be right back I cannot with the housing market right now, Joanna. Have I not told you about Capital Realty Center? Oh, the premier realty group that supported and succeeded throughout the California landscape? Now I remember. If that's what you're looking for, call Kathy Johnson at 916-606-0687 to win that next bid. That's Kathy Johnson with Capital Realty Center at 916-606-0687. License number 02021378. And we're back, 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 back again. Hooray. Hi. We did it. We're back. Um, let's talk about some things that, uh, trailers and stuff. Um, I think first and foremost, um, the movie of our Lord and Savior, Spider-Man, uh, No Way Home has finally released a poster. (laughs) Yay! Yeah, an official, an official poster. And of course, all of the, uh, nerd channels on social media are dissecting it and, inspecting every pixel for uh signs of andrew garfield and uh toby mcguire i'm not gonna lie there's a part of me now that kind of wishes like kind of like i hope they're not in it and just watch like <laughs> they might not be and just watch like nerd hearts like break everywhere i mean mine would be one of them because like i've also like kind of been like it'd be really cool to see them in there in some way shape or form um but what's funny about it is that it looks very much like the fan posters that were going around uh when people were like this is going to be a spider-verse film uh that definitely 100 confirmed has andrew garfield in it 
Uh, <laughs> and I, mean, I think that is just a masterful like bit of trolling. Yeah. Hope, hopefully, it's a ma- it could just be a coincidence. Uh, but it could also just be a masterful bit of trolling. Like, yeah, we're giving you the poster, but we've given you nothing. Oh, yeah. No, I think that... It's everything like, we... you already knew. The Green Goblin's in the corner, but you heard him laugh, and you saw his bomb in the trailer. And, you know, Doc Ock, uh, tentacles. We, we saw Alfred Molina. We know he's in the movie. Um, yep. And uh, guess what? We know Spider-Man's in the movie. Um, but, no, because I literally... Wait, what? there's. <laughs> oh wait did you not know tom holland's in this movie <laughs> oh no i didn't i didn't i didn't hear about that oh sorry to sorry to spoil that for you friend um, All of my tom holland news this week has been from a different movie <laughs> um but uh uh spider-man uh poster yeah no okay remember my train of thought i saw like on youtube a video of something about breaking down the Spider-Man poster. And I was like, I don't have time to watch a video. And I saw the thumbnail and I was like, I've seen that poster already. That's the fan one. I don't have time for this shit. I'm a busy lady. And then when I get on the phone for, and Jonathan and I sit down and we start plotting out like our, what we're going to talk about. He's like, Oh yeah, the Spider-Man poster dropped today. I was like, that was the real one. I don't know anything about it. Cause I thought it was another fake one. I mean, it might as well have been, to be honest. Or like, or like a supposed leak. I can't, I can't with the Spider-Man anymore. Like, just give me the fucking movie. I mean, that's typically also for a different reason. What I do when I see those twenty-minute videos, like breakdown of like da da da, I'm like, no, you can't have twenty minutes of my life to tell me about a poster. Like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, YouTube industry, for trying to, like, make me watch a 40-minute video about all of the Easter eggs. And most of it's, like, the like really obvious shit that I already knew. Yeah. 20 Easter eggs you totally missed when watching this movie. It's like, oh, you mean the thing that's in center of frame and in focus is an <laughs> Easter egg? No, it's not. Uh, but, yeah, we finally have a poster. At some point, we'll get a second trailer. I really just want the second trailer to be like, the movie comes out on this day. Go see it. <laughs> okay, bye. Because <laughs> everybody's uh, like, the next, the next trailer, the second trailer, that's gonna have all the, uh, all of the Spider-Man in it. That's gonna no, have like not. more things. That's gonna do this, and I'm like, really? Do you think they're really gonna like shoot their wad this early? <laughs> This is a franchise that is careful with their trailers that they'll shoot extra footage and do extra CGI specifically to mislead you. No, absolutely. Speaking of Tom Holland, not on the list, but uh, that I did see a trailer for was uh, Uncharted. Uncharted. I don't know if you've... Oh, I saw saw the trailer. I don't play the games. I don't care. Um, But I know that the one thing that everybody has said was, well, that looks like a fun movie. I wonder when they're actually going to make an Uncharted movie, though. Yeah. Uh, well, and so it, it does seem to evoke a lot of the energy of the Uncharted series, and I'm fine with Tom Holland. Uh, my biggest problem is Mark Wahlberg. I don't think Mark Wahlberg is right for the character that he's playing. And that's I fair. also don't like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I mean, that's also fair. 
But like, even if I didn't like Mark Wahlberg, if he was appropriate for that character, I would be like, that's fine. But I don't think he's, and I'm not, I'm not the only one who thinks this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 people keep talking about like, well, they should like, cause they did a fan, like twenty minute Uncharted movie, like a or like a web short with yeah. Nathan Fillion, and everybody like loved that because it was great. But like, that's not an origin. That he's not an actor who can do an origin story anymore. Maybe twenty no. years ago, Nathan Fillion would have been a great Nathan Drake, but uh, not anymore. Oh well, I mean, it looks like a fun action movie. I'll probably yeah. see it. I won't have any frame of reference for it. So really, I'm the target audience for this Just because I don't care about the video games. I'll It'll go be watch nice the to movie. see Tom Holland with a gun. Yeah, like let's go watch Tom Holland play a grown up. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. It's true. Um, other things that dropped. Uh, Stranger Things has yeah, dropped another of not new trailers. grown ups. <laughs> One day these kids will be allowed to be grown-ups. Um, but today's not that day. Um, I want to no, say this still, is going to be still... the final season. Uh, is, it, is it confirmed final season? I know that they're supposed to be wrapping it up. So I don't know if they're conf- if it was confirmed that season four or if they're going to squeeze out one more season after this. But I want to say it's supposed to be wrapping up soon because these kids are going to be like real adults soon. Honestly, with the Panasonic all media production has gotten super weird. And yeah. I, I like, it reminds me of back in like 2008 when like shows just sort of dropped off the face of the earth. Cause like nobody was around to write them. Um, cause it was a huge uh, writer's guild strike where it's like, nobody was around to produce like and film these, uh, movies. Cause like there's, there's just uh restrict people got to be safe. Yeah. But uh, the new trailer actually gave us a little bit more, like, plotline ideas and stuff as far as, like, a little bit more of, like, what's going to happen. But not, like, so much that you're, like, I can write down what's going to happen. Like, you're just, you get a feel. Um, also, Yeah, like, they're going to drink, like, new Coke and they're going <laughs> to, you know, kick flip on a skateboard. It's the 80s. Everybody loves it. Well, it's the 80s and they get to be in, like, California this time. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm excited to see what they do. It could be bad. It could not be. But uh we'll see. Um speaking yeah, of I mean, things I've, that could I've, be bad. I've, I've always liked Stranger <laughs> Things. Oh, are we gonna talk about uh well actually both things on this list could be bad. <laughs> um okay, I'm gonna go with the one that's likely gonna be bad for me. Um we don't need another West Side Story. I've said it before, but we saw the trailer while we were watching Eternal, so I put it on the list. Yeah. Um. So we've gotten we got like the teaser trailer, and I think JJ and I talked about it before. Then we got a longer trailer, and we may have talked about it. Um. But now we have like the full like a full trailer. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's the, whatever the green band is that plays in front of uh, Eternals. Yeah, and um. I'm not down for this movie. One, because I hate the musical. Um, Two, because I hate the plot line. And three, there's no snapping. Yeah, if you take away... I think we we talked about this. If you take away the snapping from West Side Story, you just have Romeo and Juliet. 
and I've seen that already. Yeah. I don't need to see it Except again. Except if, if, if Romeo and Juliet, if Juliet wasn't Italian. <laughs> yeah. It really is. If Juliet was... Uh, Latinx? Latinx. I think it's technically Puerto Rican, I think is their... I think they're Puerto Rican. I think that's Lynn Mel- Lynn Manuel Miranda poisoning your brain. Yeah, I'm I'm filling for JJ, so I've got to not be able to pronounce uh, Lynn 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 <laughs> Linwell Linwell's name. Fabulous. Um, I, I got to not be able to pronounce it because I'm sitting in his spot. Um, I'm glad somebody's here to mispronounce it. Um, hold on. Yeah, and last we we haven't talked about on this podcast. Uh, the thing that every one started freaking out about was it two weeks ago now. Um, it came out last week, but uh, I, it no, it was just I too remember late in our cycle, wasn't it? It was too late in our cycle because it came out either the day we recorded and I forgot to put it on the list, or it came out the next or the day, day after. Yeah. Um, I want to go with it probably came out the day it uh, the day we, we recorded, but I had already got everything else on there. Oh, because I was covering a uh, DC fandom. So I had to talk right, about a bunch right, of DC right, right. stuff. Oh, um, so Chris, Chris Evans is once again in a franchise with a notable catchphrase uh, that he's he not allowed to, to say. say. No. Um, also, I'm going to backtrack to West Side Story because I pulled up the Wikipedia. They are Puerto Rican. It's from Puerto okay. Rico. Fine. It's Puerto Rico and white people. It's Italians. Um, I think it's the Irish community, actually. Is it the Irish? Is it supposed to be the Irish? It just says white people on the Wikipedia. Uh-huh. But I feel like it's supposed to be like the, the, the Puerto Ricans and the Irish, I thought, had like Maybe. a thing. I feel like maybe where I'm confused is that Romeo and Juliet was about all Italians. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent Italian. Yeah, but no, according to Wikipedia, they're just generic white people. It says white Americans. But anyway, back to Chris Evans getting to be Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> yes, in the trailer for Lightyear. Which I think could be really bad. It's possible that this will not be a good movie. It's possible that this could end up in the bad movie section. But it's also possible that it ends up in the good movie section. Yeah. Pixar movies are typically good. I guess I just haven't been excited for... I've, I'm a bad Disney adult because I just have not been excited for Disney things in a while. And to me, Lightyear just seems like, I don't know, unnecessary. One, because there was an animated show that like already did this, right? Star Command. Buzz Lightyear Star Command. It was a great cartoon. Yeah. And two, like, it just, it just seems like a really flimsy premise. (laughs) If that makes sense. I mean, yeah, but it's also like, it was a teaser trailer. It wasn't a full trailer. Um, 
And I think that there's enough in there to make it fun. I think it's a way to help bring the newer, uh, like this newer, younger generation into watching, you know, classic Toy Story. And I thought I, Toy Story 4 was for that. <laughs> no, Toy Story 4 was for us. Was it? It was meant for us. Okay. It didn't do a good job being for us. Toy Story 3 <laughs> did a better job at being for us. I thought Toy Story 3 was for us. The Toy Story 3 was for was also for us. Because with Toy um, Story 3, I remember memes online of uh, uh, like people my age like saying, all right, if you're... If you're a parent with a young kid or you're a young kid, uh, you don't see Toy Story opening weekend. That's our time. We've been waiting 22 years for this. I know. I mean, absolutely. Um, But I think Lightyear is going to be. It's geared to for us to reintroduce our children to Toy Story. Also, it just looks really pretty, and I like. It does. It does. Things. It does look kind of gorgeous in terms of just the animation quality. Like I like things that are pretty, and I really want to watch it because it's pretty. So I mean, that's I'm not watch a huge it. selling point for me personally. And that's fair. And maybe they'll be like, maybe <laughs> when the next trailer comes out, you'll be more sold on it. Or maybe you won't be, and I'll still be like, hey, you're going to have to put up with the movie theater to go see this with me. And No, I'm never putting up with the movie theater again. Find out why on our Spoiler Free Eternals review, <laughs> where I mostly talk about some assholes who sat next to me. <laughs> um, maybe by then you'll forget your trauma. Um, or I'll literally, <laughs> I-, I will literally buy an extra seat. So nobody can sit next to you. Just just rent out the theater. <laughs> we could do that too. That's not that expensive. Uh, like it's only like well, a few, couple hundred bucks. Like we could totally do it. Invite people that we like it. We like who will you know, not be jerks. Yeah, who but. wear their masks and their shoes. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think I think we made it. Did we make it? We did. We made it. We made it to the end. And I feel like we're just as long as when it's just me and JJ. And you have no one to blame but yourself because you didn't tell me to stop talking. No, you, well, you got me going on about, like, politics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I did... I did put down the Big Bird gets a vaccine, knowing that you I was were like, going I could to go four. I could go forty minutes on Big Bird vaccine. <laughs> I I had a lot to say. Uh, Giggles. Who knows? I might I might cut it down a bit. <laughs> if, I, if I hear myself going on a little too long, I might be like, you know what? This guy. <laughs> this guy went on a tangent. We're gonna cut. We're let's, gonna cut some of let's, that. Let's 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 rein him back in a bit. Uh, <laughs> well, well, friend, would you like to do the outro? I would. Thanks for listening to Nobody Asked Our Opinion. You can send us an email with any and all your opinions at nobodyaskedouropinion at gmail dot com. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at nobody asked our opinion. 
You can listen to us on YouTube at Nobody Asked Their Opinion Podcast. You can follow Joanna at Joey Snow 2006 and your usual host uh, JJ at Piano Man underscore five. You follow our unpaid intern Natalia at The Third Rule Creative. Miranda, the 10 minute recap master at Miranda D. Lawson. And me, producer Jonathan at Jelly Sound. Rate us, leave a review wherever you get your podcasts, and tell your friends to check us out. Join us on Thursday and maybe never to talk about more <laughs> pop culture and the next movie in the Saw franchise. <laughs> and one day we'll get to Saw 6, I promise. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to do Christmas movies first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can, that would be hysterical. I'm here for that. We're going to do we're Christmas just, movies next. and we'll We're going to take a we'll... break from Saw. Because we're only like halfway through the Saw franchise to do our holiday stuff that we were going to do. We already, because yeah, we planned out like, you know, what movies are going to talk about for the year and for December. We were like, let's just do Christmas. It's Christmas. Yeah, we're going to do Christmas. It's going to happen. Make (coughs) y'all watch Christmas movies. I can't believe Saw is the franchise that broke you. (laughs) There's just so many. (laughs) And they're the same movie. It's the same movie over and over again. I watched two of the same movies. It's the same thing. I'm I'm a fan of Saw. I thought yeah. I was too. And then you watched them all. Well, you like you've said that about every movie series that you've because they you've weren't meant to be. They weren't meant to be watched back to back to back to back. And to be <laughs> fair, I still st- like I still really like Indiana Jones. I'd watch those again, except for two. Really, except for two. Two was really bad. Four is fun to make fun of. Two's just bad. Two is just bad. Anyway, we the podcast over. <laughs> Goodbye. <Okay>, bye. <laughs>